Have you ever wanted an instruction manual for your life? Something that went over the stuff that isn't always obvious? Or even some of the stuff that is? My name is Sarah Ramsey. I'm a singer, voice, performance, and growth coach, and I've spent a lifetime open to the lessons behind our experiences and seeking out pathways to becoming more enlightened, better humans. And I'm Dr. Stefan Rabnett. I've been a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine for over 20 years, and I'm also a Jay Shetty certified life coach. I've long been fascinated with our human superpowers, the ones we don't quite have the instruction manual for, and I'm forever curious about how we can unlock them. Welcome to This Big Life Podcast, where we have deeper conversations about the nature of existence, our place in it, and how we can leverage these things to create the life we want. Basically, we're bringing the woo-woo to you, you. But don't worry, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We are here today talking about procrastination. When is procrastination just simply procrastination? And when does it actually serve us well? When is it a trauma response or a freeze response? There's some good juicy stuff to get into here. There really is. And I think the, the first thing that stands out is like, when is it a good thing, right? And because yeah. at first my mind was like, no, never. But then you realize it does kind of, it, it does have some advantages. And then thinking yeah. about it some more, there's different types and levels of procrastination. And as the quote goes, like procrastination pays off eventually, right? And that's kind of that meme <laughs> <laughs> just like, <laughs> it, uh, it does. So, um I don't know. Let's maybe start on that kind of aspect. So what are the pause, like, what are some positive aspects of procrastination? Like when, when would you say, Sarah, that you've kind of seen that there was value in kind of choosing to put things off? I think that um, procrastination can really be like a form of intuition. So I think sometimes, not always, procrastination can be our body's way of taking care of us um, on a really unconscious level um, of sort of keeping us from moving into things that ultimately aren't going to serve us best in our lives. Um, I mean, on the other hand, there's like <laughs> kind of procrastination, like you put off doing your taxes for two years, and that's probably not the good kind of procrastination. But I, I do think that it can actually be sort of a form of flow in our lives. I like that. I like that term flow. I think I agree, you know, and it is definitely an opportunity to trust that as everything is as it should be. Yeah. Right. And it does definitely highlight the different aspects of our minds, especially, you know, our relationship with shoulds, you know, and yeah. I think I know I've gone through my life, had a big relationship with shoulds. So, well, I should be doing this. I should, I should, I should, 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 should. But over the years, I've realized that every time I use the word should, it's kind of got a contraction. 
right? It's a judgment. There's, there's an inherent quality either of appeasing somebody else or judging myself, or it's taking me out of the present moment every time I use the word should. And so I know that there's an aspect of procrastination that's related to, to the shoulds, you know? And so in that sense, it's that, that opportunity to really trust that everything is as it should be. And, <laughs> as it should. um, as it should exactly <laughs> well, there, now i gotta think of a new saying now it's like, I, can't, I can't use it form of should right no okay <laughs> by the end of this one i'm gonna think everything everything as it is right and i guess yeah. that's it everything as it's progressively unfolding there we go but oh, there we go shoulds everywhere go. shoulds are everywhere <laughs> And I think sometimes it's also the, the other thing that I was thinking about is that um, sometimes we think we're procrastinating, but we're not say, so say we're kind of, um, you know, developing a podcast and thinking about certain things with respect to it. Right. And, and there's, I, I think sometimes for a lot of us, our brains work in that, it's kind of circular, almost nebulous arena where things aren't kind of logically laid out in terms of tasks, but we're still kind of contributing to it. And we're like in a space where we're allowing things to kind of come in. So I guess another example say is like, you know, if you, if you have like, um, you know, like right now, like I'm writing an ebook about meditation, right. Mm -hmm. And I'll go through phases where I'll write and then I won't. And then my brain would be like, oh, I should, you know, like I could and stuff. And I was like, nah, and I'll put it aside and I won't force it. But even in that process where I've put it aside, where part of my brain could call that procrastination because I was like, oh, well, you know, it'd be better if I finished it and if it was done and I could, then all these other things would kind of happen. Even though I've put it aside, there's still some things that are percolating there. Right. So in a way, I think we can use procrastination as a way of kind of lessening the pressure, but I'm still somewhat engaged on a certain level on the different aspects. So I might, and sometimes that's how kind of that intuitive kind of aspect works is we'll just kind of get input from however knows where of our consciousness or life or whatever. So um, I, I definitely think we do that. And I know I definitely do that. So even though I'm calling it procrastination, and I'll kind of, you know, I'm an expert self-judger. I'll allow some of that just to slide right on in there and be like, oh, again, should, I should finish this. I should just finish it up. Even though there is that bit of a dialogue with that part of my brain, I know that there's part of me that's still allowing stuff to kind of unfold. So one aspect is just to sum up that ramble for you, Sarah. <laughs> no, I was is, with you. <laughs> I know you are. I appreciate that. Um is sometimes we're not procrastinating even though we think we are and I, that's it yeah yeah i i actually totally agree with you and there's there's two sort of jumping off points that come to me when you talk about that um i think when we are embarking on creative endeavors there is such a thing as a muse whatever terminology you want to use for it, but you know, the concept of the muse. And so you're talking about writing, which is 
100% a creative endeavor, even if the subject matter is like factually based, the process of writing is a creative endeavor. And so there's the element of engaging in that creative endeavor when the muse strikes you, and that being a much more fulfilling process than forcing it. And I think different people engage with creativity in different ways. There are some people, I mean, we'll take writing as an example. For me, it was always songwriting, but it absolutely can be book writing, like writing. We're just going to take that concept. Some people engage with it really well on a, I'm going to sit down and do it every day, regardless of the quality of what comes out. So I'm going to, you know, for authors, that might be, I'm going to write three pages a day, every day. And, you know, what's good will stick. And what isn't is just clearing the, the path for the good stuff. But I'm going to do it every day because that rhythm and regularity works. There are other people, I mean, songwriters do the same thing. Some of them, they write on a schedule, they write with a specific just to engage that creative muscle all the time. I was always the one who couldn't fall asleep and would get up and start writing a song at one o'clock in the morning and be up till five o'clock in the morning, getting that idea down. And it would happen totally randomly. It would happen when it happened. And if I sat down to try to write a song, what came out was crap <laughs> it was I wish awful your facial expression when you just said crap was like i wish we could we could that's got to be a meme somewhere we'll for something we got a media clip to promo the episode <laughs> shall we <laughs> yeah. definitely but, mm -hmm. but truly and I, you know i do think sometimes you have to do that to to really clear the pathway like get right through the stuff that just has to get out to get out of the way but mm -hmm. my point is, there was a lot of time in my life that I would get down on myself for not writing um, more consistently, not engaging in songwriting more consistently, because it was very hit and miss. It was typically when I was unhappy, didn't work very well when I was happy, whatever. That's just the way it worked for me. And I would sometimes get really down on myself. But I also think... That's the way the muse totally. worked for me. That was just the flow of it. So that piece that can look like procrastination and putting off, oh, I should sit down and, you know, work on something. Oh, I should. that piece that can look like procrastination sometimes is just our own particular cycle of creativity. Whether you call it the muse, whether you call it whatever, I, I do think that it can be a really um, central piece. And that sort of jumps off into the other point. And that is, I think that there's a real um, value to fallow periods. So when we look at farming, I 100% I, I did not come up with this concept. I can't remember if it came from Kate Northrup or Danielle Laporte or one of them, but the concept when we f farm, you, you, you know, farm a crop and, and then you have to let the field rest. So you grow something that's very 
like you're not growing it for the crop, you're growing it because it replenishes the nutrients in the soil so that then you can plant the crop that you actually want in the future in good, healthy, fertile soil. I think that as people, we engage in that same process. So those periods of time where it feels like we are empty of inspiration, where it feels like we are procrastinating, possibly, I mean, that's where I think this fits in, where it feels like we don't know what to do next. Sometimes it's super valuable to actually just allow yourself to sit in that without shooting your way out of it. Yeah. Don't shit your pants. <laughs> and <laughs> never shit your pants. <laughs> don't shit your pants. And again, I'm just really impressed you busted out the word fallow. So that that was a really Thank good. <laughs> that was good. But that is a very good example. I love it. Share, share. That's really good. Um, and I think that that's a very good description and example about things aren't always as we seem. And the part of our brain that does the shoulds and does the, the squeeze doesn't always have that bigger picture available to it because that's mm -hmm. not kind of part of the design. So in that musiness, in that kind of aspect, that creative of, uh, process of being an allowance for stuff to kind of come forward, um, we're often in that space more than we think. And I think that that's a very important thing to realize. Um, the other thing that just kind of popped a little bit when you were talking is, and I, this kind of comes up in terms of how I've kind of used the word procrastination, and this is to add it in, is when there are deadlines, when there is like a perceived, <laughs> and that's two things. How does that change when there is a deadline? And then the second part, and I think this is relevant to what you were saying, is how often are those deadlines actually real? Because yeah. I because I know that there's a couple parts. And so the deadlines parts come into that stuff often we don't want to do, like, you know, whether or not it's financial, like paying the bill or like, the, the, the you know, that kind of heaviness of, of whatever. Or um, as you said, the, the taxes, right? Like leaving mm -hmm. it to like tell like the last possible moment because we just kind of don't want to go there. Or two years after the last possible. Oh, exactly. I, I'm just, you know, speaking hypothetically, hypothetically <laughs> speaking. But you know what I like that, that example of is that it shows that deadlines aren't real. Now, before CRA kind of comes down on us, <laughs> like, hey, wait a minute, that's real. It is done. real, but it's not. Because like in that example, that first year that for this, this person that didn't do their, you know, didn't do, didn't do the taxes, the deadline theoretically was that all oh, April, you know, April 30th, mm -hmm. it's still there, right? Like all oh, they got to do it, you know, and potentially leading up like all through March and April and April, that pit of just like, oh, oh should, yep. well, it passed and Nobody I'm guessing died. that and no one died and no one's even in jail. Right. <laughs> At least for not that. So the <laughs> so I think it's it's you know, you, you know, again that part of your brain is like, well, yeah, but you know, like, well, that was like I wanted to, and I, you know, it would have been better if, you know, blah, 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 all that. Sure. Okay, but put that aside for a sec. That deadline wasn't as real as that worry part of your brain kind of made it. But I think with procrastination, 
we often, at least I often put a little time, the, the concept of time on it and with it, a deadline. So whether or not, you know, I, again, still go back to being in university, like many moons ago and mm. just being like, literally like essay do like, oh yeah, I'll get on that right away. <laughs> then, you know, like you got to, the night before it's due, you got to bang out 15,000 words and it sucks. But and can I, think- I just say, holy shit, the process that I see with my children and how they come to schoolwork and how you and I, I mean, we've known each other a long time, how you and I came to schoolwork. Like, I think you and I were both in the camp of, I'm going to start the 15,000 word essay approximately 12 hours before it's due. Oh, exactly. Right. And then just work hard, stay up all night, do the things and hand it in. And, you know, I, I write pretty well, so I still got a good enough mark. I watch my kids and they like, <laughs> they budget their time so much better. But I also think that's because somebody taught them to. And guess what? Nobody taught either of us to do that. Interesting. And I guess that kind of furthers why you saw the value in teaching your own kids to do that. Right. Because there was an I aspect. Wasn't the one that taught them. Because oh. <laughs> my time management skills in that sense are not a really like strong skill set for me. They yeah. got that some other magical way. I, I'm not quite sure how, but, uh, but it, whether it's their relationship with procrastination is different or whether they were just actually taught the skill set, which I think is more to the point, but uh, yeah. I, I find well, interesting. Why do you why do you think we did that? Like, why do you think we did leave it to the last minute? What value did that have for us? Because it must have, or else we wouldn't have done it. Um, that's a really great question, and I I actually don't know the answer to that. But well, I don't. I mean, I always I I always thought of myself as someone who worked well under pressure. But if you want to extrapolate that out, the reality is that my learned patterns in life were to function under pressure, under stress. And I think yours were too, Um, but I'm not going to speak for you, except for sort of. (laughs) Narrator's voice, they were. (laughs) But my my learned response was to function well under pressure. And I think, and this actually kind of brings me into the next piece of this, that I think procrastination, um, it, it can actually be like a, a trauma response to a stressor. Mm-hmm. It can be a freeze response. Um, like it, the brain freezes under stressful situations. Um, and those stressful situations can be caused by trauma or fear or whatever, my life experience was such that I um, lived at a very high stress level, like it felt like 100% of the time. So I think that I maybe just didn't have the space to have any more freedom around that increased stress and responsibility to me and did. And to be honest, it's something I still struggle with to this day that it puts me into that freeze mode where I just, I either I don't know what I should do or I can see what I should do, but I, I can't make it 
occur. Interesting. <clears throat> That's really interesting because you could see how, you know, for that would be a common trauma response. Like just in terms of people pleasing or trying to, mm. you know, help the people that are also that whole, like going towards and being pushed away type of aspect of um, the people that impact us in life and how that, that, that can come up in so many different levels. Right. And so, you know, it's true. Like that freezing part of the fight, flight or freeze can come up, even if you're right, like, you know, we're singing, we're having to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, can kind of come up and your body's like, ah, 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 no. And then I guess, you know, part of that, you know, then our bodies, our minds are like, well, I want nothing to do with that. So let's just mm-hmm. kind of move that whole kind of complex reactionary blob of stuff. Let's just put that aside. But with that to the side goes the tasks that we associated with it that actually yeah. had nothing to do with it in the first place, because we're humans and we're interesting. Then that's kind (laughs) of, that's kind of it. And it's interesting. You said that because yeah, I think, you know, because when I asked that question before about why we would choose that, well, I think that that's it, right. It's part of it. It's like one, it's our software, you know, is choosing it in terms of that Mm -hmm. fight, fight or freeze. I know for me, there was always an element almost of control in the sense of Mm -hmm. like, well, I'll always be able to say I didn't try my hardest, right? It was, yep. I would always be able to say, oh, well, I just did that the night before, right? And so it would allow me that um, buffer of self judgment that whatever the feedback would be of the task or essay or, or whatever the case is. Same thing with, you know, huge, actually. Yeah. And I, I think that that's something I share in common as well is that you're you're building in this safety zone for your own failure totally exactly right it's like not studying for a test right because mm-hmm. it's just like well at least then we can say like you know i i was in control of mm-hmm. the not greatness right as opposed yep. to having it bestowed upon <laughs> not well, greatness, as opposed so. to having it be i am not great it's, exactly i am not great because i didn't really put the effort in yeah but could have been if I did, if, I uh, yeah be. totally Right. And of course, right. And then you can suddenly picture the little toddlers in all of us that are just like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of not think of myself as bad. So I'm going to control the situation. And really, of course we would. Right. And so I guess it's interesting because there's a lot of stuff we park in that procrastination kind of stall, right. That relates to, because it really draws a lot of kind of stuff out and yeah, no, it's interesting. And the one thing I think just to j- jump around a little bit, because that's how we roll the, um, <laughs> the other aspect is, I think we do, or maybe this is something we just tell ourselves to justify procrastination, this might be it, actually, but the, the sometimes when it's right at the end, like the, it's crunch time, and we're there, you have to do it. And there's an aliveness that sometimes can kind Mm -hmm. of spark out of that because it's just like, okay, this is it. We're just going through and we're doing it. And again, a lot of that depends on the task and the procrastination and you know what you're procrastinating about. That's not like a big Mm -hmm. kind of thing. We can kind of go everything into, but I know part of me, I think does have that too. It's just like, okay, well, even if I put it off when I finally get to it, if it's got to be done, then there's, there's an aliveness that can kind of come out of that because it's like that pressure creates um, it's interesting because it's a paradox because a pressure can create feeling and then it can also make us avoid it altogether. 
right? Yeah. And I think it's like two sides of a, of a really interesting coin. Well, the procrastination and I think when coin. it does become that like real pressure cooker where it's like, okay, it's now or never, gotta jump in. What that also does is create, in my strange little mind, create permission for me to let everything else um, fall to pieces so that I can finish this one thing because now I am justified because I, I, I think there's part of me that feels like I'm not capable of doing all the things. Now, if I was just a little better with my time management and planned them out, perhaps I would be better at balancing all the things. But since this is a skill set I am <clears throat> still working on to this day, I think when when it comes to crunch time and it's like, okay, now I have to spend a week doing somebody else's taxes. Um, <laughs> th that means that now I don't have to clean the house. I don't have to do the laundry. I don't have to cook the dinner. I don't have to blah, 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 whatever the other things are in my life that would normally have to be balanced into my time. There's an element of permission to let that all fall apart until I'm done totally. the thing that is priority number one. Yeah. Yeah. So we can put all those other things aside and like kind of avoid, take the pressure off those or, and avoid them. Right. Right. And like, <laughs> that's right. Like we do. just like, it's like there's oh, sort you know of what? a finite oh. amount of what we can handle at one time. Well, it's interesting. Cause like we are like, I think we look for validation of the, it's a later problem, right? Like, okay, you know what? Like it's a later problem, you know? And I guess we all, we have that. And it was, I forget where I was reading this or listening to it on an audio book, but um, just as a little bit of a tangent with respect to the later problem, we are biologically wired to have that in there to really kind of deal with the immediacy of stuff. Like they found that, you know, like, with cigarette packs that the pictures of the like the diseased like yeah. the horrible pictures and all that stuff ended up being counterproductive because people would see those smokers would see those images and mm -hmm. they would immediately get stressed and what's the mm -hmm. first what's the biggest stress reliever they have a cigarette to smoke so they found that people would actually this it was counterproductive because they'd be mm -hmm. like oh stress oh, i'll deal with that later like that's later right like i have to just get past this immediate stress that i'm having in the next 10 seconds that's the only thing that matters in my life and so we do we have that biological kind of wiring to be like ah it's a later problem right that's a later problem so i do think part of the procrastination you're right is to kind of justify different compartmentalize like as you said like well if i do this right now then you know all that other stuff that's a that's i'm totally justified in the later problemness yeah. of it and um yeah it's interesting and i think we like this is very much an aside but i think it's interesting how that piece sits in different personalities like for me Knowing the that I'm pretty good at focusing on the future when I should really probably stay more present. <laughs> so I'm always thinking about the future impact of what's happening now, which doesn't help the um, stress levels particularly. That's like that's not a helpful thing, but it, it is sort of what I do. So when I'm procrastinating something, or even when it gets to the point where it's like, fine, 
I'm going to let everything else crash and burn around me. And I'm going to do this one thing, but I still am always aware that, uh, shit, then I'm going to have to pick up those pieces. And there's a stress level there. So that's how it sits in me. Whereas my brother does the same thing, but so funny little story. He records his records and every record he sings higher and higher and higher. And it's crazy. And I'll get texts from him saying, you know, I just sang a chest voice G or, you know, whatever it was. And he'll play me stuff in the recording process. And my question to him is because of where my brain goes is how the hell are you going to sing that on tour where you have to sing it night after night after night? And his response without fail is, eh, it's a future Josh problem, but it doesn't stress him out. It's just, no. It's just the way he compartmentalizes, like, this is what I deal with now. I will deal with that later. Whereas for me, this is what I deal with now. And I'm going to stress about what I deal with later. So this is what it's interesting. You said that because I think the, the thing that shifts and in there is, is reaction because there's not like, you know, you think about future thinking there, it, that can be a very, very helpful tool, right? Even just be like, if you could sit and be like, okay, is this going to create a future for me? Is it lighter? Is it heavy? Right? Like that type of thing. So being in the future, I don't think in and of itself is quote unquote detrimental or wrong, but it's why we do it. Right. It's the mm-hmm. same thing, even with respect to procrastination it's kind of why are we doing it right so and i think for me the question i want to ask myself is if i if, if, if the possibility of procrastination is there is am i reacting right now because if we were a reaction we're not present and then that's where it's like well we're not present in the present or in the future right because yeah. you can kind of we're be present in reaction exactly right and mm-hmm. i think that that's the thing that kind of sticks us right as opposed to you can be present in the future Right. If you're just like, okay, you know, just kind of get, getting input there because apparently we're time travelers. That's what we could we do. But it is, it's, I think the reaction aspect is, is a key piece that kind of permeates all through kind of the procrastination bit, right? Like, are we in reaction to doing it? Like, are, do we have our lizard survival brains going? Mm-hmm. And if so, what's hidden beneath it, you know, and that's the questions. I think there's a whole other vein of procrastination um, that, I, I mean, there's a lot of overlap with all of this, where it is a function of perfectionism. Yeah. You know, and, and, and this is, I'm aware of this piece in my own relationship with procrastination as well, where I get into analysis paralysis. And I have to evaluate all the options because I have to make the best choice. And what I'm probably not saying out loud is I have to make the perfect choice for the perfect outcome. But there, A, is no such thing. (laughs) But um, because I am also by nature an information gatherer, uh, I overwhelm myself with too many choices and then I procrastinate making any of the choices and I just let it sit there in limbo for fucking ever. So interesting. You said that. Yeah. Cause I think, cause choices is an interesting one. Right. And I think again, as you're saying, like you will gather so much almost in, in a subconscious effort 
to not choose. Yes. Right. Because then it's safe. Like it's that whole, I know personally, like that grass is greener, like, or like, okay, like I've, I've always had an issue, like a kind of a challenge making a simple choice just because I'm just like, Oh, but, oh, but what about, you know, like, because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say no to anything, but, and it's true. And then eventually I'd be just like, Oh, I can't, you know, again, just kind of throw it off your desk and you don't really do anything. So that is an mm-hmm. aspect of procrastination, procrastinating, choosing out of fear, out of reaction. Right. Because somewhere obviously along the line, we've all chosen and there's been less than awesomeness that has kind of unfold. Not that that was wrong. That's a whole other topic and stuff like that. Just because, you know, pressure creates growth and stuff. But still, again, that's this this later problem kind of wiring within our brain is just like, well, I'm going to go for whatever creates the immediate comfort right now even if I know that that comfort is going to create more discomfort later, I'm going to go with the comfort. And a lot of the comfort I know I've gone through, and I think that's what you're sharing is like choices, sometimes choices. Right. And then so much so that we'll gather and kind of flood the potential at like pool of choices. So it's, it's easier to be like, ah, screw it. I'm done. Yeah. Kind of walk away. So to me, like, overwhelm that that sitting in that space of feeling overwhelmed by the things that's a something i've worked with for a long time and i'm working really hard at this point in my life to shift that which also involves being able to recognize the things that put me there so things like information gathering kind of endlessly to that just increases my pool of choices uh in order to avoid making the choice because well maybe there's one more option i should look at before i decide uh, maybe i i'm afraid that i'm not going to make the right choice or you know whatever but i i go into that place where it's easier to keep gathering the information than it is to make the choice but it puts me into that place of overwhelm and i think that is a space that i am starting to recognize that I create that is a tool that I subconsciously utilize in order to procrastinate in order to because somehow that space of overwhelm is feels it's known. I guess it's it's more familiar than the unknown of what is going to result if I actually take action totally no totally yeah the it's um because it's known they, that overwhelm yeah. is known and it's um uh it's familiar and it just and again it's this short very very short-term comfort for the later and that comfort just yeah. being the fact that it's kind of um known and um I remember actually another quote that these random quotes, I don't know where they are in my brain, but it was, I think it was, it was Jerry Garcia. Like, so leasing or the grateful dad who, um, uh, he was an interesting guy. Anyways, I remember he quote, he said about his relationship with drugs is he's just like, drugs are like a cul-de-sac. They take all your problems, they round them together. And suddenly it just makes it one problem. It's just mm. you and the drugs. And so it's like kind of takes everything. And it's almost the same thing sometimes with overwhelm, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's such the thing we know it's not, but it takes, it, it, 
overwhelm is so big and vast that it can take all of our other kind of perceived problems, pack it into that kind of pack sea of overwhelm. And then it's just us and that. So in a way, it's almost like declutter some of the problems by just yeah. adding it to kind of that blob that's kind of there. So anyways, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's the oceanic garbage patch of our psyches. It is exactly that. <laughs> And it's dang big, right? It sure <laughs> is. It, it totally sure is. is. So, yeah, again, like it's just procrastination. It's just like a lot of the topics we've been talking about on this podcast is really kind of reaches into every aspect of our being. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the figurehead for a lot of other stuff that's not even really to do with whatever the immediacy of that is, whether or not it's right. procrastination in general or procrastinating about kind of something specific. So, so I guess then is like, how do we navigate through it? <laughs> Isn't that the question? So I, I actually did spend some time thinking about that element when we were prepping for this episode. I love it. Of course, you know what I'm going to say. So I have a nice little list here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, okay, I have a list, but you had a you said i know what you're gonna say you go first. well no i was gonna say i procrastinated and i did not make a list <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i believe that i wrote this list in the time that we were supposed to record last week <laughs> that again ended up getting changed because of your move but i hadn't really done it ahead of time you know what's interesting? And this is just a, another little bit of a tangent. I'll get back to where you went. You talk about, I think sometimes where we think we have our issues again, we totally don't. Just like we think we're procrastinating, we're not. Like you, I your time management skills are, I think, a lot more adept and better than I think you give them credit for. Because like everything, we look at where they're not how we want it to be. But, you know, like the fact that you, the time that we didn't do the podcast last week, you filled it with something else like that. Mm-hmm. Like you nailed that. Anyway, so sorry, go to your list. Let's just go, well, we'll go and, back to the list. And actually that's kind of, uh, it, it, it relates to the first thing on the list. And that is absolutely the way I'm trying to approach my life uh, much more consciously these days um is to work in flow so instead of um i mean i'm the person who typically has four different planners and uh, an electronic calendar and something on my phone and like 87 to-do lists and like all the things to try and get it right and i have stopped well, I still have the one on my phone so that I know when like my really important appointments that I have to be there at a certain time when those are. But other than that, I've stopped with all of those things. It's a bit of an experiment, but to work in flow and figure out just what is it that feels right. At, at most, I'll give myself kind of a glance for a, the week rather than on a daily basis. And just like, what do I need to sort of accomplish this week? with a real caveat to like what really needs to get done instead of how many things can I fit on the page. Um, 
but but that working in flow which really requires conscious check-in so it requires that commitment to staying conscious um and some people work much better with real um hard and fast schedules i thought i was one of them but i'm starting to feel like maybe i'm not maybe mm -hmm. that sense of flow is my most efficient daily functioning there's not a good term for this i was trying to craft it into <laughs> one there isn't one <laughs> i'm having deja vu here um well it's flow you said it right like that's yeah. exactly what it is it's kind of that flow state so how do we stay or how do we get into that flow state you know and this kind of question comes up and um because anything that we use, if it's conceptualized, then we're not in the flow state, right? And that can be anything. So the more tools we have to kind of help us in that kind of flow state, the better. And I, for me, um, it starts with asking that like question, like, am I in reaction? Am I conscious right now? Where am I not aware of something that could contribute to me in kind of this moment? And it's interesting because usually when I start asking questions like that, the first layer that comes up is like, I get annoyed. Like, I, like there's <laughs> like this almost like secondary voice. It's like, this is a stupid question. Like, this is dumb. Like, you know, like, or, you know, kind of, <laughs> right. And then I was just like, okay, interesting. And I know what's that about. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, so, and then you realize, okay, yeah, of course, like we all have the little kind of toddlers and stuff in us and the little parts that have been reaction and had to cope in different bits and even though we quote unquote do the work and we've explored stuff you know those patterns are still there and it's okay mm -hmm. but it's you'd only really know they're there if unless if you look at them and then ideally not judge them when you notice them yep. and that's an extra kind of key part i know i've worked kind of really hard and continue to kind of work hard with um but to kind of so i think for people like um like, well, what do you find? Like, if you find yourself kind of not in flow, mm -hmm. what's something that you do to help you get into flow? Um, I think very related to what you just said, I, I think the first, the first step is removing the judgment and sort of forgiving yourself for where you are, making where you are okay. It's just a new starting point. It's not that you've fallen off the wagon. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just, it's just a new starting point. Um, so I, I think that release of judgment and forgiving yourself that has to start the process. Um, and then for me, it's very much tuning into my body. You know, we talked about this in our intuition episode, but tuning into my body and what feels what feels good to be doing right now. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that, you know, the work I do, there's um, some of it is time based, you know, working with clients and coaching and like lessons. And those are really specifically timed. But the rest of what I do that isn't one-on-one -on -one with, with the people, um, I am working from a place of privilege that I, I can be quite flexible in terms of 
how I approach things. So um, recognizing that I, that's my starting point is that I, I do have some privilege there. Um, really tuning into my body and figuring out what feels good to be doing right now. And, and there's a piece of cultivating trust that ultimately all the things that need to get done will get done, which means I have to start trusting me. Yeah. That's it, eh? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's it. We got it. Yeah. Because there's trust and then there's trusting ourselves. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, there's the trust and oh yeah, that's for other people. But you know, for me, <laughs> trusting my part of it, that I can navigate and do everything, everything you said. Yeah. So that's a big piece. Yeah. Trusting ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much that is like a whole other episode there yeah. around trust and imposter syndrome and blah, 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 lots of things. But the umbrella being trust. I think there are also some basic tools that we can use no matter how we're coming at the issue of procrastination things like don't multitask science has shown us that it doesn't work our brains can actually only think about one thing at a time so when we're trying to split them we're doing everything less efficiently so multitasking like even if i'm going to do this one task for five minutes and then i'm going to change and do this one task be present in whatever that task in front of you is rather than trying to multitask i also recognize that some jobs don't allow for that like i worked as a school secretary basically for a while and i was constantly dealing with people in front of me and trying to get stuff done on the computer like too many things all at once i didn't have the freedom to focus and not multitask because multitasking was my job description was part of your job yeah <laughs> and really so much of our society is based on that right you have to do yeah. this 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 you have to have kids and a family and be independent in a career and you have to you know it was like of opposites it's like this you know kind of big paradox about stuff but um one thing that i've found for myself that i try to do is again mm -hmm. to use the framing kind of stuff is say the word get to as opposed to the phrase have to yes and you know like ah i get to i get to pay my cell phone bill right as opposed to i have to and it, again observing what comes up when i say yeah. of just like oh so you know like that feeling but when I say that more, then it's easier for me to kind of go through. It's easier to remind myself, like, we're all just, you know, we're humans in this, like, kind of game right now. And the things we think are significant aren't usually as significant as they are. And that's just in general. And so different phrases, it's like we, we get to be on this planet right now, yeah. going through these hardships, doing these different things that come with the joy that isn't the immediate kind of experience of joy, you know, those stresses and, and, and whatnot. So I find it challenging to do it, but I do find that it really helps. If I say I get to, as opposed to have to, then it does change my outlook a little bit. And again, then that makes it easier for me to see, am I in reaction? Am I avoiding something like, mm -hmm. 
am I avoiding a feeling that's associated with a task? So I'm a, don't want feelings. So I'm not going to do the task, you know? And so yeah. I, it's yeah. a little bit easier to be like, okay, well, what's kind of really behind it here? Like, what is the game piece of Stefan on the board? Like what's happening there as opposed to being like submerged in it and not being able to see past reaction and feeling and stuff like that. So I, I think that piece around reframing is a hugely important one. Again, we could probably do a whole episode just on reframing, but you know, when you're talking about something as straightforward as finances and I don't care who you are in the planet, there's some reaction around finances, positive, negative, whatever. For a lot of us, it's a source of stress. When you can reframe that as instead of I have, you know, fuck, I have to pay my cell phone bill. I'm giving away my money to the damn phone company, whatever, that headspace versus I get to pay my phone bill. I'm grateful that I have the income to support this tool that is vital in my life. I get to do this and not everybody does. It's not about the not everybody does piece. It's more about the understanding that um, there is space for gratitude in those hard things. And I am not talking about um, joy washing everything. I don't know that that's a real term, but <laughs> it is now. I love it. I love it. Is it is now. But you know what I mean? Like where it's just a positive mindset. Totally. It's not about not acknowledging the hard things, but it is about reframing them into recognizing the gratitude that we get to participate in the hard things. Yes. Which means that we're here to do it and we have the tools at our disposal to do it. Well said. That's really, really well said because that's exactly it. Yeah. And again, I love that. It's 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 not about joy washing. It's about um, being authentic to our experience, right? And yeah. just like how we get to pay a bill, we get to also experience things that aren't immediately joyful. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of I think how those two go together. And um, yeah. I think, you know, just to kind of bring back some stuff with respect to procrastination is there's there's hidden benefits to it that we often don't see because we're judging the fact that we're procrastinating. <laughs> and there's really, again, if we have the courage to be present with the procrastination, it'll also show us where we're in reaction and it has nothing to do with what we're procrastinating about. Yeah. You know, and again, we, it's like the whole, well, we get to unpack the big smorgasbord of issues that we are is like, not something we're usually like, Oh, we get to the, Oh, you know, again, we try to avoid that, Yeah. but we do, we do get to kind of unlearn stuff. We do get to yeah. evolve, you know, throughout this lifetime. And, um, uh, a lot of that, hinges on our ability to non-judgmentally be with ourselves. Yeah. And that is a, that's a tall order. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah, I think that there's a couple of different ways to come at the procrastination issue. The one that you and I both seem to be gravitating towards is more of the like inner work because it's, it's just symptomatic of some inner stuff. However, 
there's also the approach of like just what are the tools i need to utilize to not procrastinate because i have to get something done and i don't have time for the deep dive so what can i do to so i think there are some pieces there that are uh, you know you can set rewards for yourself if i get this you know next thousand words written i get to go make a cup of tea i don't know whatever it is. i get to eat the chocolate bar i get to whatever it is like whatever the reward is that makes sense for you there is a system of uh work and reward that you can utilize for yourself even if it's like okay i get to get up and go for a walk that okay. yeah because that because now you're getting into the whole world of, of habits and we can kind of leverage that to really kind of make us through that so yeah i think after this talk like today what i'm going to continue to ask myself is like am i procrastinating out of reaction or am i procrastinating because that's i'm in flow yeah and it can be either but I really, it's going to take me asking the question to kind of explore what's there. Otherwise, I'll just, you know, avoid the avoidance, you know, and just kind of not go into it at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think we can establish rewards. I think uh, sometimes having sort of an accountability partner um, or some system of accountability that works for you can be useful. Um, I know that's a thing that works for me when it's stuff that's um, more nebulous, like it's not, I have to have this essay ready to hand in at this time, or I have to do this for this appointment, where it's just like, I'm trying to get X done soon. Having that accountability system, whether it's a mastermind group or an accountability partner, or just like a friend that you kind of work this way for each other. Where it's somebody to check in that isn't just you. Yeah. That, that can be super useful, actually. It helps. It to I totally agree. I totally agree. Because once we take the like, oh, well, I don't want to be judged and blah, 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 out of it, an accountability partner is incredibly helpful. And that's where getting a, an accountability partner that won't judge you is really helpful. But yeah. it is. It just kind <laughs> of, it is. And then really, it's just a form of outward reflection. Right. That's yeah. just like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I am going because with this, and I think we've explained, talked about this in the podcast before is we often don't recognize how far we've come, right? Mm -hmm. We look at all that's still to go. So the, the flip, the other aspect of an accountability partner is to really reflect back, like, look what you did, right? Like yes. you've nailed it. It's like to this point, you've come so far. Right. So the accountability partner isn't just the, oh, you know, if you haven't done this by then, right? It's, yeah, it's not, not, not at just all. just the heavy side of it. No. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Um, you know, and, and connected to that is the issue of asking for help. So yeah. sometimes it really is like, hey, I have to get this thing done. Can you do this piece? Or can you help me with this? Or can you take this off my plate so that I have the space for this? Mm -hmm. Or whatever form that takes. Um, I think we have to keep that in mind. We actually don't have to save the world single-handedly. Oh, but it's so fun to pretend that we do. <laughs> <laughs> I am responsible for all things all the time. 
<laughs> oh, we got the little superhero within us because we do. But again, yeah. it's the responsibility that we kind of place on it. So, okay, cool. Um, well, I'm glad we got to the tools because again, that's what's really important. And, you know, especially the way we talk about things sometimes like, oh, there's all our issues attached to all these like little kind of things. And it's just like, yeah. oh, I don't want to go there. What can I do about it? But there are, there's simple things. It's just as you said, these simple tools go a long way. Right. Yeah. And it's nice to have a variety of them because then we can be authentic with what feels right at whatever moment. Yeah. And it's not forcing something into, okay, well, this is how you have to deal with it type of thing. So I really tools like these little the tool tools. Belt. I'm tools all in the tool about belt. tools in the tool belt. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today as we once more solved all the problems of the world. All of them. Superheroes us. There we go. <laughs> okay. Well, bye everyone. Yes. And we'll we'll Bye, see you everyone. next time. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining our conversation today. You can head over to thisbiglifepodcast.com for all the show notes and information. If you loved what you heard here today, would you do us a favor and rate and review the show? It helps more people just like you discover these juicy conversations. And if you know someone you think would love this particular episode, you can even go ahead and share it with them right now. And if you have a topic you would love to hear us discuss, or someone you think would make a great guest for our show, you can submit your ideas using the link in the show notes. And you can always find us on Instagram, at This Big Life Podcast. Thanks again. We'll be right back here in your ears next Tuesday. See you then.